you know what's going on, good people. Today is Monday, May 29, 2023. Time is 9:18 a.m. Eastern Time. You know, with another episode of The Bridge, episode number 165 of The Bridge. You know, with Big Ron Brown, Big Kush, King Kush is all the same. You're bringing my humble opinion about things that's going on in our everyday lives, things that we talk about, things that we like to discuss. Uh, first of all, happy Memorial Day to everyone all over the world. Let's remember this day and the people, especially in our military services, who gave the sacrifice their lives, who gave the ultimate sacrifice of losing their lives for this, the people in this country, um, in the, whether it's on foreign or domestic soil. So let's remember those whose lives were lost, and especially in the armed services, and those who defend our who defend our freedom and defend this country every day. So happy Memorial Day to everyone. Please be safe, and please be responsible and take care of one another. Got a packed show for you today. A lot going on, a lot to talk about. Um, subject was taken in custody, uh, ramming his you all into the fence at the White House. Two or several Oath, me- Oath Keeper members were sentenced, lengthy sentences at that. Uh, 11-year-old black boy was shot um, by the police in Mississippi. Uh, some airstrikes that happened over in the Ukraine war. Um, man gets arrested for opening the door on the plane. Uh, remembering one year ago last week, um, the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, NAACP about advising black people not to go to Florida. The drama that is, Scotty Pippen still taking shots at Michael Jordan, which is, I don't get, it's just unnecessary to me. Congratulations to Ryan Clark. And also, I want to get into the, um, the passing of the icon, rock and roll legend that was, that was Tina Turner. Um, as I've always started every show, people, please go get vaccinated as soon as you, as soon as you possibly can. And if you're eligible, get the booster shot. Uh, COVID is still out there. It's not going anywhere. Remember, over a million people lost their lives because of COVID. That's that's a real number. Those are lives that were lost because of COVID. So people, please go get vaccinated. I believe the country is still 70% of the country has been fully vaccinated. If you need the booster shot, if you're eligible for that, get that done. It's not going anywhere. So people, please take those things seriously. As I said earlier, the war in Ukraine updates, a uh, Russian airstrike killed two, wounded 31 in the Ukraine Medical Center, another medical hospital <clears throat> center that was taken out because of the airstrike that happened, which means it's only going to add to the list of war crimes that's already listed against Russia as we speak. I can't even count how many nursing homes, hospitals, residential areas, schools, the most some of the most vulnerable places in any society that... Russia has struck and people have been killed, injured, and probably destroyed because of Russia. So that's only going to add to the list of war crimes that's going to be presented to them once this war is over. Back on uh, domestic soil, uh, subject was taken into custody after ramming his U-Haul into the gate at the White House, not once, but twice. Uh, seems like he is a supporter of neo-Nazi, said he wanted to kidnap and harm Biden. He's uh, some white supremacist. I believe he was 18 or 19 years old. And basically, he just decided, I'm just going to just go for the I'm just going to go for the gusto and try to ram my U-Haul truck and see if I can get the coast of Biden. But obviously, he doesn't realize how protected the president is in this country. So I don't know how far he thinks he was going to go, but hope it was worth it because the rest of his life is pretty much ruined. There's nothing else he can do about his parents or anybody can do about it. So. Like I said, all these people that are part of these hate groups, I hope they are, I hope you, I hope the support is there. I hope you, it was worth it because the rest of your life is pretty much ruined. There's nothing you can do about that. You trying to ram a U-Haul truck into the White House gate, 
and you made your intentions known. I wanted to kidnap and harm the president. I support white supremacist groups. How much compassion and leniency do you think you're going to receive? Hmm. Hope it's worth it. Speaking of which, Oath, keep, uh, Oath Keeper members, uh, one with 18 years, I believe that's the longest sentence of anyone that did, uh, that's been sentenced because of what happened on January the 6th. I think another one, um, I think his name was Kelly, he got 12 years, and other one, other people got sentenced at least to four to six years in prison. Uh, I, I saw last week on CNN, uh, Abby Phillips was interviewing um, the ex-wife of one of the people one of the Oath members and uh, Keeper members. And she basically said he won't stop. He is hell-bent. He is determined. If he gets pardoned, he will keep going. He will not stop. And Governor DeSantis of Florida, he's already made that his pitch in his campaign um, campaign uh, messages that if he is elected president, he will pardon January 6th members. So that just goes to show you he is not about peace. He is not about keeping... Uh, <clears throat> keeping things united. He's about division. He's about chaos because anyone with common sense can clearly see that everything that happened in January 6th was not about peace. It was not about equality. It was not about unity. It was about chaos. It was about destruction. It was division. So I have no sympathy whatsoever for those people who got arrested that day and those who are getting sentenced because that's exactly what they deserve. Let's don't, don't forget. Please do not forget. There was nothing patriotic. There was nothing heroic about what they did. It was a bunch of thugs that attacked that attacked the U.S. Capitol. Items were destroyed. Items items were stolen. Property was destroyed. At least five to six people lost their lives that day. I will repeat that. They ransacked a government. What should be one of the most protected buildings in the world, the United States Capitol. They ransacked it like, like, like some thieves in the night, climbing through windows, butt breaking down doors, destroying government property, stealing government property, and five to six people lost their lives that day. That should not be ignored, and, should, and, and, and they should get the entire book, whatever the maximum sentence is available, they should get it. So, and hopefully the man who was in charge of that. That, that, that raid, that, that, that brigade, that charged capital, we all know who he is. He's facing his own, he has, a, he has a whole lengthy of charges. But everything, especially pertaining to January 6th, yes, he should be charged, he should be held responsible. Anybody else that agreed to him or signed with him, anything to do with it, from the top down. That's how you kill a snake, you chop his head off. <clears throat> Another sad situation that happened in uh, Mississippi last week. An 11-year-old black boy in Indianola, Mississippi, <clears throat> was um, calling police because of a domestic situation that happened between um, his mother and, I believe, either his father or the mother's boyfriend. They got into a domestic situation. They started arguing. They started fighting. So the boy called 911 because he was afraid. And the police, when they got on scene, Seeing his 11-year-old black boy came out, had nothing in his hand, he was not posing a threat, but he shot the 11-year-old boy, and thank God he survived. Because he was the one that was calling the police because he needed assistance for his mother. And what do you do? You shoot him. There's no excuse for that. 
I don't care. You 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 should have enough training. You should have enough sense. You should have enough whereabout to know that an eleven year old kid, who's obviously the dispatcher should have showed the, the dispatcher should have told you that this call came from an eleven year old male juvenile who was in the house, possibly the woman's son. That should have gave you a, the, the dispatcher whoever told you whoever gave you the call. They should let you know who the call came from, and the child is possibly in the house while this situation is going on. But that information should have been relayed to that officer. He should have known that. And if, he, and if the information was relayed to him, and he knew that information, and he chose to ignore it, yeah, he should definitely be punished to severity. Because there's no excuse for that. I don't want to hear you were in fear for your life. I don't want to hear you, you thought that you were safety or none of that. Because an 11-year-old child who was unarmed, who made the 911 call to you, to ask for your assistance to help his mom, there is no excuse for that. That's pathetic, that's disgusting, and I guarantee you, because in this country, it all is always a fact that we always have to bring this up. If that was an 11-year-old white boy or an 11-year-old white girl, I guarantee you that wouldn't have happened. That would have not taken place. Same thing with the kid in um, Kansas City, Missouri, last month or a, month, a couple of months ago that was looking for his brother and knocked on the door of the wrong address, just looking for his siblings, got shot by the person who lived there. I guarantee you if that was a 16-year-old white boy, a 16-year-old white girl, that would not have taken place. And that holds a special place in my heart because I'm from Mississippi. I know all the ugly, dirty history of Mississippi. All of it. And this 11-year-old black kid did not deserve that. That's unacceptable, man. That's unacceptable. That that boy could have lost his life because he was calling 911 to try to save his mother from from hurt or abuse that was going on. And you show up and shoot him. There's no excuse for that, man. That's just my my humble opinion about it. No excuse. Flight from Taiwan. A man just opens the door to the flight on Taiwan as they are seven, five, six thousand feet up in the air. He just decides to open the door. He wants to get some fresh air, which could have been an extremely scary, terrifying, chaotic situation. Um, I believe 20 plus people were hurt because of that. Thank God no one lost their lives and nothing was damaged and nothing like that, but he was arrested and taken, and taken into custody. And he's another one. That that just common sense is not common. People are out here just just running on stupid. I'm talking about running stupid, 100 miles an hour. Just hopefully he he will never be able to take another flight ever again, and they may, they may give him what exactly what he deserves because there's no excuse for that. You know, it's just innocent people, man, just trying to trying to fly, trying to get trying to get from point A to point B, and. Much as flights and gas and everything cost these days, people don't have time for that, man. So hopefully he, he gets the maximum sentence that's possible. It's just, Lord Jesus, this world, man, this world. Last week um, was a year ago uh, to the day of the tragedy that happened at the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, um, in which 19 kids and two teachers were shot down and killed at that school. I believe it's been almost a year ago, man. Just 
time slows down for time slows down for no one. And the fact that that was a year ago is it's crazy. Um, yeah, keep those people, that community, that area, in your thoughts and prayers because it's bad enough when you have a mass shooting anywhere, but when you have a mass shooting at a school, especially like what happened in Nashville and countless other countless other places, it's just um, when you send your babies out they on a day-to-day basis, Monday through Friday, when you send them out to daycare, you send them out to preschool, you send them out to school, you just pray and you hope that they return to you the same way that you send them out into the world. But for those 19 families, I'm sorry, for the kids and the two teachers, that, that will never, they, that their families are forever changed. They will never be the same. And for, I have two little ones. I have a daughter and I have a son. My son just turned one last Saturday and my daughter, she'll be three in July. And I just, that's one of the worst things it's a nightmare for anybody. I don't wish that upon no one because I always say I'll say it. I've said it a thousand times. And I continue to say it. No parent should have to bury their child. No parent. No parent should have to bury their child, and that's a that's a pain that never goes away. That's a hole. That's a void that only God Himself can fill because no one should ever have to experience that. So for that to be over a year ago just showed, goes to show you that time just, just doesn't slow down. But we definitely pause for a minute and we reflect and we say a prayer. Keep them in your thoughts and prayers every single day because no matter how much time goes by, that that that, that wound is still open, that wound is still fresh, and that pain does not go away. They may be, they may Get through it, but they'll never get over. So please keep your Baldy, Texas, in your mind. The people in Nashville and everywhere else has had a mass shooting, especially when it's at school and it involves children. Please keep that area and those communities in your prayers, please. NAACP is advising black people to just basically don't travel to Florida. Basically stay out of Florida. They are basically Governor DeSantis. He's Amok. He's basically showing the entire world, showing the entire planet who he is and what he stands for and what he's all about. So, people, please, I just feel, um, yeah, and if you're not a resident of Florida, you don't have to go there. You don't have to travel there. You don't have to stay there. You, 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 you don't, have, don't, don't spend your money where you're not welcome. Don't travel to somewhere where you're not welcome. And DeSantis has made it loud and clear. He showed loud and clear that black people are not welcome. We're not appreciated. We're not respected. Our contributions, our history, everything that we've been through, especially in the state of Florida. Those people, especially those black people who live and reside in Florida, those are the ones who should be worried. Those are the ones who should be on alert because this man is making decisions about everything in your state. Everything. And if you are black in that state, you should be on high alert. You should be more than worried because... You don't know what paperwork he's signing. You don't know what meetings he's having of things that he wants to take away, of things that he wants to, for you not to have. And the contributions that have been made by African Americans in the state of Florida alone—that's that should be that should be illegal. That should be a crime. But when you're in a government position, you're an elected official. Seems like they're Teflon. Seems like they can get away with anything. But. My thing is this, don't 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 go somewhere where you're not welcome. Don't spend your money where you're not welcome. 
I always said it, economics and elections, where you spend your money and who you put in office will always swing the needle in this country. Always. Who you put in office and where you spend your money. Bottom line. Everything else is just, it's just, it's just top surface. The bottom line core of American values, where do you spend your money and who do you vote for? Because that will always swing the needle. That affects everything that we do in this entire, in every entity in this country, locally, state, and nationally. So, want to get into some action in the association known as the NBA and the NBA playoffs. Saturday night was a game of games between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was at the free throw line. Um, and he hit three of the biggest free throws to take that lead. But Boston had enough time left on the clock. Uh, Smart hit a shot. It didn't go in. And Derek White, <laughs> former San Antonio Spurs, came in with like one point, one something second left on the clock. And, he, and they replayed it at least 10 times, and he did get the shot off and hit that shot at the last second to win that game. So game seven, the deciding game seven will be tonight in Boston. Boston is attempting to make history as being the first team ever to come back from a 3 nothing deficit in a seven-game series. This has never been done before. LeBron and Kyrie and the Cavs, accomplished something that had never been done back in 2016 when they came back down from three to one in the finals to win the championship, which had, that was that was amazing for them to just explode and go off like that. But um no team had ever come back from a three nothing lead. No, never. And I don't like Miami's chances because game seven in Boston, they got all the momentum. Momentum is is key. Momentum Episode of the first press when John, the late great John Witherspoon, he said, You got to get your momentum. <laughs> your momentum. Your moment, man, momentum is key. And when you have it on your side, it can propel you to victory and even to a championship. And the fact that Game 7 for the chance to go to the NBA Finals is in their building and that crowd, you know, Boston is going to be nuts tonight. So, Miami, you had chances to close this thing out and you let it go. Back to Boston for a game seven. I don't see it. I see it's going to be Boston and Denver for the NBA Finals, which begin June 1st, game one to be in Denver Thursday night. Looking forward to that series, definitely. Looking forward to the, tonight's game and to the NBA Finals starting on June 1st. Um, Scottie Pippen is continuing to make shots at Michael Jordan, basically saying Michael Jordan's first three years with the Bulls, he was horrible, he was a bum which could be further from the truth because this man saved the franchise. He made the Chicago Bulls relevant again. Rookie of the year, NBA all-first team, slam dunk champion, um, all-stars. He made the Chicago It's just, Pip, man, it shouldn't even be this way. I don't know. I don't understand it. You two are kings of Chicago. You two are the kings of the Bulls. You are the greatest duo to ever play the game, in my opinion, because the six championships say that. The greatest trio in the game, in my opinion, is Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Tony Parker, because the wins and the playoffs and the rings together say that. But the greatest duo, in my opinion, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Neither one of them won anything apart. 
They needed each other. They needed each other. And Michael Jordan said that in the last dance. When they speak Michael Jordan, they should speak Scotty Pippen. Because he didn't win anything outside Scotty Pippen. They needed each other. And basically, for you to take shots at Michael Jordan, keep saying he was a bomb and he was a horrible player. Pip, man, anybody with common sense knows the reason you're doing this. And it's sad. Because the reason you're doing this is because your ex-wife is smashing Michael Jordan's son. Period. Everybody knows it. That's why you're mad. That's why you're taking these shots. That's, you seem like a bitter old man and who's mad that his wife is smashing the son of, the, of your teammate. It's embarrassing. It's sad. But for you to come taking shots at Mike is just is, is unnecessary. Mike can have nothing to do with just his son and your ex-wife doing what they're doing with each other. That ain't got nothing to do with Jordan. Have nothing to do with the success you all had. Had nothing to do with his career prior to you getting to the Chicago Bulls. And it's sad. Because Michael Jordan, in his own, in that documentary, The Last Dance, basically said, if it wasn't for you, I would not have won these championships. That man called you the best teammate of all time. And it's true. You guys are calling, you guys are the, 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 the chemistry. Both ends of the floor, you guys were the greatest duo to ever to play the game. Six championships say that. Lethal on offense and defense. So for you to keep taking shots at Jordan, we all know where that's coming from, man. That ain't got nothing to do with MJ. That's MJ's son smashing your ex-wife. It's sad. It's embarrassing, but don't 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 come at the goat like that. Leave that alone. There's only gonna no one anybody with common sense is not gonna say that Michael Jordan, his first three years before he got there, was a bomb or a horrible player. He had no help. And even with no help, he still brought them back from the dead. He resurrected that franchise. I mean, think about it. Who were the bulls before Jordan got there? Nobody cared. No one. So stop it, man. Please stop it. Congratulations to Ryan Clark, uh, ESPN analyst, former Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He won an Emmy for last week uh, as a sports analyst. Uh, him, Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder, they do a great job with the show called The Pivot. Um, great job. He has some great guests. Uh, some of the best shows that I've seen so far is the one with Charles Haley, the one with Warren Sapp, The Rock, uh, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders. They have everybody on there. It's a chance for a uh, great show for athletes entertainers to just be themselves. They don't have to put on a front. They ask real questions. They get down to the to the to the meat and potatoes of everything that people want to know. But everybody feels relaxed and it's a great show. So uh, Ryan Clark is a good dude. I watch him all the time on Get Up on ESPN, especially on First Take. And um the show that the pivot is a great show. So for him to win the Emmy as a sports analyst, he'd probably be the first one to tell you you probably see that coming. But it just goes to show you what God has for you is for you. Man. So congratulations to him on a major accomplishment on winning an Emmy. Anytime you win an Emmy or an Emmy Award, that is nothing to sneeze at. That is nothing to overlook. So congratulations to Ryan Clark. Much success, for you. Much success to you on that. And last but not least, I want to say rest in peace to rock and roll legend, icon, survivor, Liver, succeeder, inspirational, inspiration to 
not only women, but people all over the world. Miss Tina Turner uh, passed away last week at the age of 83. Um, countless hits, her stage presence, Proud Mary. Of course, we all know that was like probably her biggest hit that she had, her and I turned it, I turned it together. And, um, Humble beginnings. We're talking about somebody that got it out the mud. She was from Nutbush, Tennessee. Population probably less than 500 people. I'm, I'm very familiar with that because I come from a town called Buckatuna, Mississippi. Very small town. So she, she heard, she made a song about it. And from her to go, from she, she got it out the mud. She got it out the mud. To go from Nutbush, Tennessee, and then moved to St. Louis. And of course, that's what she met Ike. Got her music career going and to, and then to go through the grinds of everything that they had to go through back in the day and to explode onto the music scene and have great success. And then, of course, we all know the rocky, um, abusive uh, relationship that she had with Ike and how that could have drove her basically out of her mind and basically could have ruined her career. Could have killed her um, because I put her through hell. He put that woman through a lot of hell. And she dug her way out. She clawed her way out. I remember in that movie that was uh, What's Love Got to Do With It, played by the um, great Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, that part when she was just running for her life across that, uh, that highway and just basically told the hotel clerk she don't have a dime to her name, but. He recognized who she was and saw the abuse that she had been through and probably had been going through for years. And just the strength that she had to walk away and everything that she endured in that relationship and basically in that courtroom saying, I don't want nothing from you but my name. Because she realized that what she built through her name could carry her and propel her for the rest of her life. And it did because Tina Turner, when she got away from that situation, her career after that, second to none. It's including simply the best. Uh, what's love got to do with it? Don't want to fight no more. It's just countless hits, man. And her stage presence and her energy that she brought. I guarantee, and, and Beyonce will be the first one to tell you the inspiration that she gets from her shows is not a copy of Tina Turner, but you can tell she studied Tina Turner. She studied Tina Turner because you look at some of those shows, and I'm talking about Tina Turner was doing this at 40, 50, and even 60 years old. Outdoing some of these women who are in their 20s, late teens. Her stage presence, her energy all around the world. Of course, she became a citizen of Switzerland, dual citizenship between Switzerland and the United States. Miss um, Turner, you are forever an inspiration. You are inspired millions of people around the globe. You are my grandmother. She always my grandmother would always say she she and Tina Turner was born the same year in nineteen thirty nine. So for her, like I said, from humble beginnings and how she struggled and how she climbed her way out of this situation and that situation to persevere. Champion. Thriver, society uh, succeeder. Your inspiration to everyone. Miss Turner May you forever rest in peace. You will never, never be forgotten. And thank you for all that you've done for people all around the world.
moving on that river, Miss Tony. Thank you for everything that you've done. And may you rest in peace. We all come from different races, backgrounds, cultures, and places and statuses, but we are more alike than we are different. When we can see each other as human, find a common ground and interest, and begin to pick each other's brain and dig into the core of each other respectfully and peacefully. Only then can we begin to heal each other and truly bridge the gap between all of us. It's another episode of The Bridge. You know, I will be around Brown, Big Kush, King Kush. I will be posting this to my Twitter page, my Facebook page, and catch this podcast on Spotify for podcasters. I know it's Memorial Day. People are out. People are barbecuing. People are visiting families. Um, stay safe. If you're going to be out here riding on motorcycles or motorbikes or whatever, please have a helmet. Please be safe. Please take your time looking both ways because you just never know how quick things can change and how quick things, how bad things can get. So take care of one another. Get vaccinated if you need to. And um, until next week, I'll talk with you guys then. Have a good one. Peace.